Money Catcher and Leadership Podcast brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Please enjoy the rest of our show. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the podcast today. I am joined by, I consider Aaron a longtime friend. Um, we connected a number of years ago. Erin Weideman is my guest today, and uh, I'm going to let her give a little bit of her story and her background because, guys, I just love Erin's story and the way that uh, she has just followed God's leading in her life. And then, you know, she and her husband lead this business. Um, she has a series of bo- a book series out that is phenomenal. And uh, so I want you to hear all those things from her. So I'm not going to do the traditional bio because I want Erin to be able to tell you in her own words. So Erin, welcome to the podcast. Jenny, thanks so much for having me. I love, love being here. Um, a little bit about me. I am from California, born and raised, living in Montana now. We moved here a couple of months ago. Um, my husband, Brent, of 10 years, we have a six-year-old daughter named Rooney and a brand new baby named Roxy. Uh, a couple of years ago, when I was a school teacher, I felt like God was tugging on my heart about girls, and this next generation of female leaders, what we could do to pour into them very strategically. So we felt called, my husband and I, to start a publishing company. It's called Bible Bells, and we publish resources that connect girls to the women of the Bible and teach things like beauty and identity and purpose and leadership and all the things we want young girls to know. We also launched last year an educational platform called Truth Becomes Her that invites women, uh, adult moms and mentors of this next generation of girls to get the leadership training that they need to effectively disciple and lead the girls that they've been called to. So it's been really, really fun to um, sort of partner our professional and personal lives. We've become parents to two daughters over the course of the last few years as God's been working in our lives. And we're just on a great and glorious life adventure uh, going where he leads. So I'm excited to share all of this and more. Oh, it's so good. Well, it is so funny because I think you and I were were calculating uh, when we first connected, but it was, you know, it was several years ago, probably about four is what I'm going to guess is it was probably about four years ago or more that you and I first connected and I think you had just, how old is Bible Bells? So, I mean, in four years, like in four years ago, we probably had two books. We have two 12 books now. books now. Yeah. Oh and my it's so gosh. Funny. Yeah. I know, I know. Right. So, and we too, I mean, we started going down that traditional publishing path and going, okay, we'll write, you know, a book proposal and take it to a literary agent who would then shop it to a publisher. And we like those doors violently closed right out the gate. And we felt really, we were like, okay, well, if I'm an unknown author, I don't necessarily have a platform but we've got this really great idea and we want the quality to be so good. We just, we opted for starting our own publishing company. So we like flushed retirement accounts. We cashed in 401ks. We went bananas on it at the beginning. But yeah, we we eked along at the beginning. And when you and I met, I think we literally had like Hannah and Esther of the five book bird series done. Crazy. I was going to say that feels right to me because then I remember getting really excited about the Deborah book because like that (laughs) is like, you know, that's my, that's my Bible superhero is Deborah. And, uh, but yeah, it's so fun to watch just how this has exploded. I would love, so I'm going a zillion directions because I know little bits and pieces of your story, but take us back a little bit to what was the crux of starting uh, Bible Bells and the Adventures of Rooney Cruz series. Like give us a little bit of like some of what instigated all of that kind of starting. Yeah, I feel like growing up, you know, I struggled with what every girl struggles through, like insecurity and comparison and not understanding your God-given identity, like all of that stuff. 
And then I lost my faith like in my teens and early 20s. And it wasn't until my first cancer diagnosis, I was 26, battling like, like advanced stage thyroid cancer. We didn't catch it early. The prognosis wow. was terrible. Yeah. And I'm like going through this cancer diagnosis. I don't know the Lord. I don't have a faith. I have no legs to stand on. I'm trying to do everything myself. And I really felt like I had wasted my gifts and talents. So I'm in that season, as I'm working through all these treatments, I feel like there's just this stirring in my soul for children. And I had been working in finance for the, the years leading up to that. So, I mean, still doing treatment. I'm out on disability. I enroll myself in a teacher credentialing program. I finished it in 11 months and started teaching in the classroom. And I taught full-time for eight years. And as I taught, the more kids and girls I interacted with, I'm mentoring sixth grade girls on Fridays and you know, coaching softball and, and teaching English and doing all the things I love to do, you know, impacting kids. I'm just going, gosh, girls today are struggling through exactly what I struggled through. They have no connection to scripture. All these tiny little sweet girls growing up five and six years old can name every Disney princess mm-hmm. and not one woman in the Bible that they care about or have formed a meaningful connection with. So my husband and I kind of looked at each other and we were like, could we get girls excited about biblical women and how God uses women powerfully inside his story, just like they are about these fantasy fictional characters that they love right. so much. So that's where Bible Bells came from. It was like, we were in the church bookstore looking for the cool books, you know, for girls uh-huh. and the women of the Bible. We couldn't, couldn't find anything. And so I started writing the first book and we highlighted five women in the first series, Hannah, Esther, Abigail, Ruth, and Deborah, who's also my favorite in the Old Testament. <laughs> yep. Um, all the way through to give girls these real heroes and this idea, you know, this idea that God's equipped us just the way he's equipped these biblical women with certain characteristics, certain power. You know, we can access good character and confidence and really be the people he made us to be as we look at the stories of these women. So that's really where it came from. Oh, it's so big. I mean, and there's so much in there. Were you really though a mean girl? Your bio says that, that you were a self I was so mean. I was so mean. <laughs> I was so crazy. It's yes, so crazy I mean, I- because my experience with you is you are like the most generous, kind, friendly, like, which clearly is part of the story that God has written in your life. But I was like, seriously, you were a mean girl. Like only Jesus can do that to someone's heart. Can I tell you? And I've I had cancer five times over five years and I've oh, been miraculously gosh. healed. And everyone comes up to me and goes, oh my gosh, that's such a miracle. I can't believe like he's healed you and brought you out of these five days. Like, how did this happen? And I'm on the other end of it going, yes, that's a huge deal. But the biggest miracle in my life is what God did to my heart because I was an angry, selfish, you know, self-absorbed, thought I knew everything was not why I mean, had completely rejected God. And Mm -hmm. through this horrific season of pain and suffering, he drew me back into him. And now I get to fully live out my purpose, you know, leveraging my gifts and talents and resources and all the things that God placed inside me and no one else. Yep. And every day is waking up and, div- and, and giving that to him and laying it down and, and being excited to partner with him to make whatever he calls us to make. It's so cool. Oh, I love that, Aaron. And it is, it's like, I mean, uh, that's such a powerful part of your testimony because, you know, it's like, that is, that is not, at, you know, the mean girl label. I was like, for real, you know, just oh, because it was of so bad. my yeah. experience with you in these last handful of years. Okay. So I know that a lot of the business leaders um, and entrepreneurs that listen to the podcast would be curious. Okay. You have this idea to launch this book series and you know, and you do kind of bet the farm on, on doing it. So talk us through a little bit that how you and your husband like made those decisions, you know, how did you take those risks and those leaps of faith to pursue this? 
at the beginning, it was just an idea. We were literally in the church bookstore going, where are the cool books? We couldn't find anything. We found one book in the bookstore. It was like Mm -hmm. this cute little poem book written by, we would find out later, this super famous children's author named Amy Parker. And we're like, oh, we love this book. And my husband goes, we should write her an email and just ask her questions about publishing because we don't know anything. And she's been in the industry a long time. And I was like, you're crazy. She's famous. Like she's not going to answer an email. She's too busy. And I totally like discounted the fact that Amy Parker is who she is. Anyway, long story short, my husband is really more of like the creative problem solving entrepreneurial minded Mm -hmm. risk taker. And I've had to learn how to be that way. Um, So long story short, we email her and we strike up this beautiful, amazing friendship over email. We just recently met her probably a year ago in person. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. After she basically mentored us the entire way through from writing a book proposal, she found our illustrator for us, our editor. She helped us figure out who was going to design the first Bible Bells book, how we were going to get it. I mean, everything, everything about that early season of the business like this doesn't exist without Amy Parker, this random stranger who wrote some books that we decided to email. So for anybody listening, like don't be afraid to ask questions of the people who are far ahead of you because they've already worked and probably made lots of mistakes along the way and are way more willing to offer help and support than you probably think they are. That's really good. So that's kind of how we kicked things off. You know, I wrote the book series, like the first book I wrote, I mean, in between grading English papers and chasing my one-year-old daughter around. And then we, out of nowhere, and this is totally the Lord. So we we started working with this PR company. I mean, with the money we had scraped together to, Uh you know, get the first book made and actually order. We ordered 3,000 copies. We put them in my friend's garage from Bible study because we, we lived in an apartment with no garage. Right. Yeah. And we, we ordered the books and we were like, where are we going to put these things? So we put them in her garage. We're like, can you move your car over and just sneak <laughs> in in the middle of the night? And we put this you know, really cheesy website up for like people to buy one book at a time because that's what we could do. Yeah. And um, we got invited to go to this um, prayer revival at the LA Coliseum. And it was like, you know, 100,000 people from all over the world we're the only non-food vendor there. So there's people oh, selling wow. like hot dogs and hamburgers yeah. and coffee yep. and like the Bible Bells tent. We're like, what are we doing here? It's pouring rain. And we are, you know, selling books and everything's an elevator pitch, right? Because nobody knows who we are. We're like, with this brand for girls uh-huh. and empowerment and leadership and all this stuff. A man comes up as we're talking to people and selling books. And he says, I'm Mark from Michigan. Hey, I just wanted to pray for the author for a minute. God really challenged me this year that, the next generation of kids is going to be saved through books. And I'd like to pray for you. And I said, okay. And so he pulled me to the side and we prayed for, I don't know, just a couple minutes. And he said a really encouraging prayer. And he just, you know, try, you know, prayed blessings over our business and all of that. By this time, my husband had already quit his job. So he's quit his jobs. We're living wow. in San Diego on a teacher's salary in like coastal San Diego. So, you know, the Lord's in it because we're like barely making it. Right. And we're eating along, but we're, yes. we're following his call and we're, man, it was hard at the beginning. But so my husband's quit his job already. Two weeks after this event where we meet Mark from Michigan, we are sitting in the backyard and he, we're having a business meeting because my daughter's taking a nap, right? And he, my husband just goes, hey, you know, God's, God placed this opportunity in front of us. He's given you this vision for girls and what they need to know and their identity. And I really feel like this needs you. You can't, you know, you're a full-time teacher right now. You're only devoting a fraction of yourself to the business. Mm-hmm. This needs you. It needs the mom in you. It needs the grown up girl in you, the insecure, you know, was, and now what God's done in your life, it needs a voice and it's you and you need to quit your job. Wow. And I went, 
okay, you're an insane person. Like I can't quit my job. <laughs> I told God, I, hello, I had cancer. I told God I would be a teacher. Like, and we didn't catch it. Or I just said like, I'm going to devote my life to children. I can't just quit my job because we have a fun, you know, little idea business thing going on. Right. And he goes, he goes, you really just need to pray about it. And I said, okay, I'll pray about it. I'm gonna pray right now. You hold my hands while I do it. <laughs> it's total husband and wife, like team talking, right? So right. we're in the backyard and I pray. And I remember out loud, like the two things I prayed about were, God, you told me, I mean, you stirred my heart for children. I'm in my calling. I'm in my purpose. I'm using my gifts. Like if I quit my job, what does that mean? Like how, how will that look? And then number two, we're already, you know, barely eking it along, trying to get this book series off the ground. If we quit my job and we forfeit the income that's coming in from, like, how are we going to live? How are we going to eat? I know I'm not supposed to trust the bank account. I'm supposed to trust you. Mm-hmm. So I just need a sign. Like I need a, the, do- the clouds open up and the dove comes down. Like I need that kind <laughs> right. of a sign. Yeah, I need that clarity. Yep. That you're going to take care of this family and I, and I should trust you. I know I'm supposed to trust you. I just need help. Amen. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then two hours after I pray this prayer, we are, it's like six o'clock. We're eating dinner at the kitchen table. And my husband, cause he's ADD, cannot sit still. He gets up in the middle of dinner and he goes and checks the mail. He like forgot to get the mail. So he comes back and he's holding a letter and the letter he's sobbing. Mm-hmm. And the letter is from Mark from Michigan. And it says, Hey, Aaron and Brent, God put it on my heart to reach back out to you guys. He's weaving a web across this country of people who are leading for his kingdom and who are committed to influencing people for the gospel. You guys are a part of that web. I don't know what short-term financial solutions you're trying to make. I just know God's in it. Here's a check for $10,000. Uh-uh. Yeah, you, I, I just want you to know that God's going to sustain this moving forward. He just wants your obedience. Wow. That letter is hanging in our office, like framed up as a reminder of, I mean, I quit my, like this was a Saturday yeah. and I quit my job on Monday. It was like right. May and I like, told my principal I wasn't coming back. That's crazy. Not, if that's not a clear sign, that is really I, remarkable. And it doesn't always happen like that, right? It doesn't happen yes. in these days, yep. but God knew that I needed, I needed affirmation of this really hard, scary decision, like this cliff I was about to jump off of. Yeah. And he met me. I mean, that letter was preemptively in the mailbox before that prayer came out of my mouth because um, I prayed yeah. it at like four, four in the afternoon. It was already sitting in there. Yeah. Yeah. That is remarkable. I think that's the, the struggle that I think leaders in many different types of seats find themselves in, but you hear it a lot from entrepreneurs. And I know it's been a part of my journey of just that, mm-hmm. that sense of, you know, what's the appropriate level of responsibility that we hold in, you know, and then the faith element of trusting God, if he's given us a vision, a passion, a dream that we feel called to pursue and that tension of being responsible and trying to manage what is, and then taking those appropriate faith leaps, you know, at key moments. And, um, I think it's inspiring for us sometimes to hear stories like yours where we're just reminded of, you know, we're responsible to be faithful. God's responsible for outcomes. That's one of those kind of things I remind myself of all the time. It's like, okay, my job is to seek him and to be responsible to, or to be faithful to what he's called me to do and to trust him for the outcome. Do I trust that he ultimately will provide? And uh, time and time again, you can look back and you can see those threads of how he does that. 
But um, sometimes when you're in those critical moments of needing to make some, some big decisions, it is helpful to hear the stories of faithfulness that others have, have seen. And so uh, that's really powerful. I hadn't heard that story from you before. So that's really, really cool. And it's not to say that like God's going to show up in a big financial way every time you need him to. Like it's not totally. that. I just yep. feel like the, like he really met me in my doubts you know, in that season of like, yep. gosh, is he going to come through? Like, is this the right step, next step to take? And yep. then looking back, all of these massive doors that he blew open only happened because I had the bandwidth. I had the space inside my schedule to say yes to going and partnering with World Vision and Food for the Hungry right. and being, you know, being a, a traveling speaker for Kale of an Air One Radio. Like all of these massive things came out of me just going, okay, Lord, like I'm going to give you a little bit of space to work. And then you're going to show me what you, what your plan is for this situation. And like, we, I mean, we haven't ever missed a rental payment. We never missed paying any of our bills. And like we, God really sustained our family sometimes right up to the exact dollar we needed uh-huh. at that, you know, at the beginning. And it, it really is more about putting your trust in him and, and not paying attention to, like you said, like, you know, we own the progress and he owns the product. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, uh, one thing that I see in myself a lot and a lot of the organizations and leaders I work with is that we kind of fixate on the outcomes that we set, you know, so, and, mm-hmm. you know, and I think there's a healthy part of trying to plan and anticipate. And, you know, my company's called Foresight because I'm trying to help us like, think, you know, think ahead yes. and, you know, <laughs> have the foresight to, and wisdom to know where to, you know, how to lead mm-hmm. the teams that we're a part of. And yet, you know, sometimes I can find myself fixated so much on that goal or the way I see it coming together, then I get really focused on trying to control and manipulate towards that end versus staying really connected to the purpose of the work that I'm doing and the passion that's behind it. I, you know, I think even to the beginning of this year when, you know, we were all disrupted by this pandemic, and, you know, so immediately, like, and I'm sure this happened for you guys too, but a lot of what we, our best laid plans were completely upended, you know, speaking stuff went out the window and, you know, our business was pretty disrupted by everything we were experiencing. And the first thing I did was go back to, okay, wait, what is my purpose? What am I called mm-hmm. to do? I'm called to equip leaders. I'm called to help invest in leaders and help them invest in their teams to be healthy and thriving. And I can still do that. I may have to do that in different ways. And what was uni- what is fun to reflect on, you know, eight or nine months, whatever we're into this journey now, is to say, seeing how God has still provided and the faithfulness in the work that we're doing in spite of, you know, it looking radically different than I thought it was going to look this year. But because, you know, and I think it was just a God prompt to go, okay, wait, what are we about? What is that purpose? What is the sense of calling by which I started this work, I've got to go back to that and then trust God with that outcome. Oh my gosh, exactly. I think too, and and I, I've loved this season so much. And yes, it's been totally hard. And you know, we're we've done book launches and hosted online, you know, virtual women's conference and just things mm-hmm. that were really creative to go. But you, once you peel back all the layers of like what you're trying to build, yes, at the end of the day, what is the purpose for this business? What are we trying to do? You know, is it about equipment? Is it about support or encouragement or all three of the, like, what is the business part of what we do about? Yeah. And then getting creative with God on it because at the end of the day, problems aren't problems unless you see them that way. They're, they're only opportunities and you can't have creative solutions without first the problem or the conflict or the challenge. So yeah. I've been excited about this season. And I mean, I know it's been hard. I know a lot of people have struggled, but what you just said was so 
so important because once you peel everything back and get it simple, yeah. um, you can just rework the things that need to happen and pivot and you know morph, morph the thing that you were going to create this year into something totally new and a lot of times better. Yeah, so good. Okay, so in the last few minutes we have left, we need to hear about the new book because speaking of launching things in a pandemic and doing virtual book releases and all of that fun stuff, you <laughs> just released your latest book. So tell us about it. Yeah, so our Old Testament series that you and I know and love, the Herd series, highlights five Old Testament women all the way up to teach girls about confidence and character and, and God and all of that stuff. Um, but we're really, really excited about this brand new book. It's the next adventure in this series. It's called Ringleaders. It highlights six women of the New Testament and shares the gospel story with our young readers. So it's awesome. been a beautiful blessing to create ways for kids to interact meaningfully with the life and ministry of Jesus, what it means for them to follow him. And then out of the gratitude and the, the overflow, the transformation that happens when kids internalize the gospel, that they would turn that out in the world and unleash their own leadership, the brand of influence God's called them to, to be able to share Jesus with others. So gosh, this is probably the most meaningful book that we've created, at least on my part. You know, I get excited about developing girls' character and confidence and helping them tackle life's challenges with grace and grit and all the things that God wants us to do. But at the end of the day, leadership and influence are all about viewing that through, the, through a kingdom lens and going, okay, how can I creatively partner with God and leverage everything he's given me to proclaim hope and love of Jesus to the generation? So that's what excites me as a writer, as a mom, as a business leader. Um, it's just championing the gospel in whatever way I can do that. Love that so much, Erin. It's so good. So where can people check out the new book and stay connected with everything you guys are doing? What's the best way to stay connected with y'all? The best way is at BibleBells.com. It's B-I-B-L-E-B-E-L-L-E-S.com. Our podcast is there. All of our book resources are there. The online education platform for moms and mentors and um, adult women who want to impact the next generation. It's all there at BibleBells.com. Perfect. All right. Well, we will link to that in the show notes. And Erin, thank you so much. Just, I love your heart. I love your enthusiasm. I love your bravery and courage and your commitment to um, just investing in young girls. And um, I, the, the books are so beautiful. I love them. I gift them like crazy. And now I need to go order the new one for um, all the little people in my life that need Christmas gifts. So I hope all of our listeners will do that as well. Erin, thank you so much for joining us. And um, just just wishing you and your family all the best. Thanks for your faithfulness and your leadership. Oh, you too, Jenny. I love the work that you're doing too. And thank you for pouring into the leaders that we have. It's, it's uh, su such important work that you do. So we're just happy to be a part of it. Thank you for listening to the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please email Jenny at podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. Your comments mean the world to us, so please rate and leave comments on our podcast. And remember, you need foresight for success. We will see you next time.